Welcome to Making Your Impact, a podcast to inspire and equip you to pursue your calling and make your positive impact on the world. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I have a passion for making an impact, and I also have a passion for helping you make yours. So let's get started. Welcome back to Making Your Impact. I'm very happy that you are here with me today. For those of you who don't know me, I am Melissa Ike. I am a co-founder and the director of communications and development for a nonprofit called The Dragonfly Home, an anti-human trafficking activist, attorney, speaker, and writer. You can learn more about me at melissaike.com. That's melissaeick.com. In today's episode, we are going to discuss how to overcome post-event letdown. That's the kind of burnout and emotional dip that often happens after we pour our heart and our soul into planning and carrying out something big. So why do I want to talk to you about this on a podcast about making your impact? Well, it's because I care about you. And as you're on your path to making an impact, I don't want something as normal as post-event letdown become some kind of barrier to you along the way. And having just gone through it myself, I could see how something like that could mislead you into feeling like there's something wrong with you or that you've lost your passion for your calling. If you don't feel like happy or relieved or energized like you expect after this big, meaningful thing you've done has ended. So I want to take the opportunity on the podcast episode to equip you with strategies to overcome it in a way that sets you up to continue moving forward and making your impact. But before we dive into all of that, it's time for our Instagram shout out. This one goes to Mandy Markham. Mandy is a close friend of mine who also happens to be a fantastic artist. Mandy has volunteered at events for the Dragonfly Home, and also, frankly, she taught me to be brave enough to experiment with my own artistic endeavors like painting, which I can do, but Mandy is an actual real artist. You can follow her and see her great work on Instagram, which is at IllustMandyMarkham, where you will see amazing portraits of people and dogs and her favorite band in the universe, BTS. Uh, Thank you for all your support, Mandy, and for following. If you'd like a shout out as well, just head over to the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact, click the follow button, and I just may give you a shout out on the show. Okay, so let's get into our topic for the day, overcoming post-event letdown. I'm sure you have experienced this. I mean, I remember even as a kid, I experienced this. Maybe a holiday you really looked forward to has passed, like Halloween or Christmas. Maybe it happened to you after your wedding or your kid's first birthday party or your own birthday party, regardless of your age. Maybe it was after a big presentation or a conference you helped plan. Maybe it was after you hit send on a big paper you wrote. Depending on the event and the type of event, you might get a brief sense of relief, but you also might have some emotional fallout, kind of a a burnout feeling that happens or even feeling just legitimately bummed or sad. I recently went through this myself. We just had um, our gala in October for the nonprofit I co-founded, The Dragonfly Home. 
And as I was going through this, it occurred to me that if you are listening to a podcast about making your impact, then you're probably going to be planning things, writing things, doing some big thing that is super meaningful to you. And so I thought you might experience this kind of letdown related to your calling, which is a different level of this kind of letdown. It has a different level of significance. And then if you continue striving to pursue your calling and make an impact throughout your life, then this is likely going to come up again and again. So when I went through this a few weeks ago and I was struggling a little bit, I discovered through some research that there are several intentional ways of approaching this letdown that can actually pay off in truly restorative results. And I wanted to share that with you to equip you as you're making your impact. So I'm going to share four intentional steps that you can take to recover from post-event letdown. When I was researching, I saw a few theories behind post-event letdown and what causes it that just kind of helped me to understand what was happening. One theory is that it's psychological. There's research that shows that the bigger the thing you work on, the more you put into it, the longer the planning process was, and the bigger the stakes, the more significant the emotional fallout, this letdown, will be. Another theory is that post-event letdown is a post-adrenaline crash. Adrenaline and then a whole bunch of other stress hormones may have been swimming around in you for weeks as you plan and execute your big thing. And then the main stressor is suddenly taken away and those chemicals in your body plummet. You can actually get sort of addicted to these hormones coursing through your body. So when they suddenly decrease, we actually can go through withdrawal. You know, they were giving us energy and stamina to keep us going during a stressful time. They were actually originally supposed to do a fight or flight for us so that we could either run away from like a saber-toothed tiger or stab it in the face as it's trying to attack and eat us. I mean, hey, no judgment. I don't know what kind of life you're living. I certainly don't want to make any assumptions. I don't often face terrifying animals that threaten my existence. I tend to face things like my internet not working or needing to restart my computer when I'm right in the middle of editing a a Photoshop infographic or I don't know, like a driver trying to pass me on the right, mistaking the shoulder of the highway for another lane while going 70 miles per hour on the interstate as the other person is quickly approaching a cement barricade and then zooming behind me at the last second. That has happened to me twice in the last month. These are my saber tooth tigers. Now, most recently, the big making my impact thing that I worked on that had my stress levels all the way up was our annual gala fundraiser for Dragonfly. If you've worked on a fundraiser for a nonprofit, then you know that the stakes can be pretty high. You know, for us, our fundraisers help us serve victim survivors of human trafficking, which I'm incredibly passionate about. It's our entire mission at Dragonfly. I'm sure that you can relate with something that you have worked on. And I mean, then, of course, the bigger the fundraising event, the more billions of teeny tiny little details it takes to get everything in place. And then all of those little details can really add up to make those saber-tooth tiger fighting stress hormones just all amped up. And then when you work on something like that, super hardcore, like over a concentrated couple of months, I tell you what, it's easy to get pretty used to all of those chemicals just coursing through us. 
So when I was looking at these theories about post-event letdown, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that both of those were at play when I was coming off of this big fundraising event. I, I just kind of felt adrift. That was the best word for it. And then there was this one description that I read during my research um, that just summed up my experience and my feelings perfectly. They used the image of a wheel. And so the way it describes it is this big thing that you're working on, uh, an event, a presentation, a project, a fundraising event, whatever it is, it temporarily becomes the hub of the wheel and your whole life is the spokes around it. So you start to arrange your life around this big thing at its center. So then when that thing ends, it's like abruptly yanking the hub out of the wheel. You just got a bunch of loose spokes floating around. They just don't have an anchor anymore. Man, I read that and I mean, it just kind of made me feel a little bit better because it really described what I was going through perfectly. You know, there was nothing that had gone wrong. Our event was successful. Our team is wonderful and had done such an amazing job, but it wasn't about that at all. It was just this post-event letdown, the thing that had for this period of time in my life become the hub was gone now. And so I needed to rearrange my life around something else, but I didn't feel like connected like I usually did. And I'm like, well, I guess this is normal based on this description. So just for this time, it was like I couldn't access fresh ideas or creativity. I just kind of felt pretty blah. And I will say, like, I knew that it would pass. I mean, this isn't my first rodeo. I've been through this kind of thing before. I knew that it wasn't forever. But I was like, I got, there's got to be a way to make this pass more quickly. Because for one thing, it's not fun. But for another, even though I was tired, deep down inside, I wanted to be on my way to the next thing where I could be making my impact. I knew that the ideas and the energy and all that was somewhere. It just kind of felt out of reach at the moment. And so I was thinking, I don't want to just get past the post-event letdown this time. I want to come out stronger after it, more prepared, more energetic um, than I did before. And I thought there's got to be a way. Someone somewhere especially on the internet, can give me advice about this. So the next weekend that I had, I kind of decided to tackle this feeling with like my own personal one-two punch. First I prayed and then I Googled. I researched post-event letdown and it helped me to read about just how normal it is and that there's some sort of physiology that I can't really help attach to it. It also helped me because I learned that there are things that I can do to write it out and I was very excited to learn about them because, first of all, those things are very self-care-ish, like that real kind of self-care that involves taking steps toward mental and physical health. And you know that I love to talk about self-care. Um, and two, because I realized that if I sought out these suggested measures that these these research sources were suggesting, that that they could have a really restorative effect beyond just the post-event letdown. 
So while I was doing all this research, it dawned on me that you could probably use this information too. I'm guessing that you've planned and carried out something that is impactful for others. Of course, you also may have experienced this with a personal event, but I'm going to guess you've done a big fundraiser or a drive or planned a party or an activity for an organization. Maybe you've done a presentation about a cause. Um, Maybe you put a ton of work into launching a blog or writing a book. I'm going to guess that this thing you did not only meant a lot to you, but also carried higher stakes because you knew the benefit it could have for someone else. Kids at a children's hospital, people at a homeless shelter, women who need domestic violence services, a library, these stakes when you're making your impact through this big thing, they're just amplified because you want to do your very best to not let those individuals down. So then the bigger the stakes and the more work you put into it, then the bigger the crash. And then the problem can be that this letdown makes you feel like you're losing your passion for the cause. You just did this thing and now you just kind of feel drained and empty. And I I just felt this concern that if it goes unchecked, if we don't talk about this, then sometimes feelings like this lie to us and they tell us that we're done making our impact or maybe we just shouldn't do it anymore. Maybe we don't want to do it anymore. And it can become a cloud over what we're doing or even a barrier. But when we uh, think through these steps and, and we can be proactive about it, then I really think that we can not only avoid these sort of um, misleading thoughts take over, but we can also help ourselves restore better. We can also help ourselves gain some restoration, engage in some really meaningful self-care, and actually come out stronger on the other side and more excited and more ready to take the next steps toward making our impact. So what are these things that we can do to ease the post-event letdown and boost our own morale so we can effectively make our next impact-making move. We're going to take a quick break right now, but when we come back, I'm going to share with you four steps that I learned about in my research, engaged in in myself, and found to be effective. And then hopefully these four steps can help you as well. So we'll be right back. If you're interested in joining a community that could inspire and equip you even further as you're making your impact, consider joining Team Impact on my Patreon. If you join now at any of the subscription tiers available, you would be one of the very first members and you'd play a role in helping me build a truly supportive community for others who are seeking to make their impact. And if I do say so myself, every tier comes with fun additional benefits too. You can check it out for yourself at patreon.com slash Melissa Ike, which is spelled E-I-C-K. I hope to see you on Team Impact. So when I was researching uh, how to work through post-event letdown, one thing that stood out to me was that they said you can really mentally prepare for this letdown and keep some of these four steps that I'm going to talk about in mind for after-year event. Of course, I didn't learn this until after mine had already ended. I was not mentally prepared, and it still turned out okay. And then something else that I saw that was helpful was to remind yourself that this will pass. 
even if you don't do all of these steps or heck, even if you don't do any of them, um, your body and your mind will adjust and life will take over again. But these four steps could just make things less rocky and maybe just maybe help you come out on top feeling more restored than you did before. So the first step that I found was to wrap up the event, both in a practical way, but then also in a positive psychological way. One way to start the process is by just tying up all those loose ends. After events, there's often communication that needs to take place just to make sure everything is all sorted out. You might need to pay some bills. You should definitely send thank you notes or at the very least, thank you emails. Um, cleaning and organizing of remaining items is super helpful. Even after cleaning up at a venue after the event, I don't know about you, but there's probably still a lot of stuff all over the place, maybe at your office or even at your house. This also makes me think of my exams at the end of every semester during law school. I always had stacks of outlines and notes and textbooks and neat and organized piles around my apartment according to the class that I was taking. And honestly, just saying that makes me feel like I'm Monica Geller, but it's so true. And then it was the best feeling ever to just get rid of all that stuff, put it away and clear space on my bookshelf for the next semester. It was kind of therapeutic. Another way to wrap up this big thing that you've been working on is to debrief both with yourself and with your team, whether it's fellow staff members, volunteers or friends who helped you out in some way. Write down your thoughts about how it went. Like what went well and what didn't go well? What could you have done differently to prepare? What happened that you didn't expect that you could plan for next time? What areas needed more volunteers? It just feels proactive to apply all that you've learned to the next year or the next event that you go through. And then a final thing that you can do in this step is to engage in some gratitude just as you're like processing through what happened. Like as I'm talking through this in this episode, my reference point um, is our galas, which have all gone really well. But what you might be thinking about as I'm talking about this might not have been great at all. It might have sucked. It might have gone terribly. Or maybe it did go pretty well, but there were probably still things that didn't go according to plan that you had to troubleshoot at the last minute. Could have been really frustrating. I would say either way. However it went for you, take a little time, even a few minutes, to just think about and write things down that you were thankful for. Did you end up raising money? Did you make new contacts in some way? Were there some nice moments? Did you learn something in the process of planning? I'm sure that's a big yes, and that's helpful. Did someone totally come and clutch for you during the event? Were you able to shine? Were you able to engage in your giftings? Like Those are all positive things to sort of use as a lens to view your event and just and just exercise a little bit of gratitude. That in and of itself is just so psychologically healthy for us. The second step in this process that you can do to soften the post-event letdown is to give yourself the opportunity to physically recover like an elite athlete who just participated in the Olympics. Because I mean, this could be your Olympics. So one thing you can do is, no big surprise here, get some rest. I feel like it's always weirdly controversial to make the statement. I know that you still have a lot to do. You might have kids or the thing that you're working on may have been 100%, you know, you volunteering your time and you have to jump right back into work. I know that there can be barriers to getting rest, but it's still legit a thing that you need. And I guess maybe... It might not be perfect, but like there's got to be a way to schedule it in if you're intentional about it. 
Maybe is there just like one day that you could sleep in? Maybe not the very next day after your event, but maybe a few days later. Could you maybe flip it around and go to bed an hour or two earlier a few days in a row? It also might not be literally sleep. Could you do some lighter workouts? Could you let some chores go? Spend a few evenings on the couch? Could you order Postmates instead of cooking? I'm a big fan of Postmates over here. Here's another thing that you can do. Maybe try to take some time off after this big thing that you've done has all wrapped up. Believe me, I personally know that this can be challenging. It can be hard to take off even for a little while. But I'm not saying that you need to plan some big trip or immediately take off a whole week. But just think it through, like, could you take off the next few Fridays or or a couple of Mondays? Could you do a few half days? Could you schedule a short break, maybe a long weekend? Maybe you can do a little staycation, a staycation, where you can just stay home and catch up on reading or Netflix or something that is restorative to you. One friend of mine will go and book a hotel room in her city where she lives. It's nothing big or elaborate or expensive. It's just a change of scenery for a night or two. Um, and it And it just helps her to get away from normal life for a little bit. The next one that the research suggested was to just take it easy for a little while, like keep moving, but do it gently instead of maybe some hardcore workouts, go for a walk or do some stretching to get blood flowing to your muscles. So maybe you could just sit down, put your feet up, maybe ice a sore back or knee for 20 minutes every three hours and move around gently. Could you maybe go stroll around a bookstore or a mall if that sounds good to you? Um, Another suggestion I saw was to intentionally eat some healthy food. You might feel like eating pizza, and I'm never going to tell you not to do that. But maybe get some vegetables in there. Maybe throw in some vitamin C, some iron, some fiber. But then also have pizza because cheese is rich in calcium, and that's a nutrient. And finally, in this step, I saw someone suggest do things that make you feel relaxed. When I read this suggestion during my research, I really had to stop and think about it. I actually wrote down in my journal, what makes me feel relaxed? I mean, I thought there's always Hulu and Netflix, but I wanted to do something that was more intentional than that, I guess. So I thought about it for a little while and I wrote down three things. One, driving around and listening to music as long as it isn't rush hour, uh, writing encouraging notes to people, and reading. So after, I mean, it took me a few minutes to remember all these things. You can forget what helps you relax, you know? And so then I went and I did all those things. I sang my heart out to the hits of the 80s. Anybody else here a fan of like Hart or Pat Benatar? Um, I also made a list of people I wanted to send encouraging notes to. And I sent out 15 little greeting cards. And then I read a book about memoir writing, which I enjoyed because I'm writing a memoir. And I really legitimately felt myself relax while I was doing those things. I was like, well, these are really good to keep in mind for the future, most likely. The third step in post-event letdown is to have some dang fun. Now, the research that I read didn't word it in that way. I put it like that because sometimes I'm not good at having fun. I just told you it took me several minutes to think of things that helped me relax. And so I have to sort of order myself to have fun in this way. One way to have some dang fun is to treat yourself. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm a fan of Parks and Rec. And did you know that the actress who played Donna, who is one of the characters most associated with the phrase on that show, 
She has said years later in her own memoir that people still say treat yourself to her every day on the street and on Twitter, but she loves it. She says it doesn't get old because she likes being part of this sort of cultural phenomenon, which I think makes her very cool. Treating yourself might be a delicious little treat, like, I don't know, random idea, picking up some gluten-free Oreo-type cookies and dunking them in almond milk, just something that popped in my head. I have no personal relationship to that idea at all. Or it might be spending some time in a bookstore or a coffee shop. It might be as elaborate as traveling somewhere, but do something that is a real treat to you after all of your hard work. Another highly effective way to have some dang fun is to spend time with your fun people. So the day after the gala, my parents were still in town because they came down for it, and my mom and I went to North Pole City, a glorious and magical Christmas store in Oklahoma City. I went in, I looked at the Christmas lights, I looked at the sparkly, glittery ornaments, and it was marvelous. It was transporting, honestly. It felt worlds away from all the work that I had been doing. And then the week after the gala, I had lunch with some friends in the middle of the workday. It felt like playing hooky, even though it totally was not. But it was just like this super doable, very easy, uh, normal lunch, but it still felt very fun and special. All right, the fourth and final step that you can take to recover from post-event letdown is to reintegrate back into your normal life. Uh, That really stood out to me from my research. Uh, A few different places, a few different sources commented that normal life can seem just kind of bland after the craziness of the big thing that you just did, or it might just feel kind of far away and out of reach. But these are a few things that you can do to gently ease back in. One is doing chores. So those things that you let slide while you were preparing for the big thing and then maybe while you were recovering and having some dang fun, well, now is a good time to pick those back up. And so I was thinking through the things that I did. So I, you know, empty all the garbage, get all your laundry done for the upcoming work week, vacuum, go through all that junk mail that built up. These activities are grounding and normalizing. Then they also just set you up for getting back into the swing of things. Another way to kind of reintegrate into normal life is to reintroduce routine. You know, maybe you always meal prepped on Sundays or worked out three days a week, but while you were preparing for this big thing that you did, you let those habits slide. It's normal. It happens. Um, Or maybe it was something more like you skipped a few weeks of choir practice or going to Bible study or meeting with your book club because you needed the extra time to dedicate to this thing. I totally get that. That's normal and it happens, but it's just it's so easy when we get out of our routine like this that even after this big thing is done, it's just easy to say to ourselves, ah, you know, I'll get back to it later. And then, you know, a year and a half goes by and you still haven't done it. And then it just, it's so much harder to get back into those things. And so now you're losing out on what was once, you know, enriching your life in some way. So instead of letting that happen, you can be intentional to start doing those things again, to reintroduce them into your routine. If they're still important to you, then it's important to, you know, not keep putting it off and and get back into it. And finally, the last suggestion is to set some new goals. I bet that you set a ton of goals that were related to the big thing that you were working on, but then it can be easy to lose sight of other areas of life that you also want to progress in. 
For me, once the gala was done in October, I realized it was just a few weeks until NaNoWriMo, or National Novel Writing Month, which is in November. During NaNoWriMo, writers are challenged to write 50,000 words in one month, and technically it's supposed to be toward a brand new novel, but I knew that I could use the time to fill in some parts of my memoir that I hadn't written yet. So when I remembered I had that coming up, it just gave me a new goal to look forward to, something to start planning for and working toward and kind of renewing my interest in this part of my life that I had pressed pause on while I was working on this other big thing. So maybe you could start planning for your next event or you're giving, maybe if you've given a big presentation, maybe there's somewhere else you could go and give it, or maybe you can set a new work or personal goal. Either way, you know, just spend a few minutes thinking about what that could be. Kind of gets hope for the future flowing again. So there you have it. Four steps along with suggestions in each of them uh, that you can take toward recovering from post-event letdown. And not only that, but come out more refreshed and ready for the next way that you're going to make your impact. That was my experience, and I was so glad that I took those intentional steps. As always, I have a question for you for the end of the episode because I want to hear your thoughts on all this and about your experiences. But before I get to that, it's time for one of our regular features on the Making Your Impact podcast, The Leslie Nope Corner. In the Leslie Nope Corner, I highlight a quote from my favorite impact-making fictional heroine, Leslie Nope, from the NBC show Parks and Recreation. You can watch all seasons of Parks and Rec on Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon Prime. So today's Leslie Nope quote is from Season 5, Episode 3, entitled, How a Bill Becomes a Law, written by Dan Gore. And the quote is, I am big enough to admit that I'm often inspired by myself. In this episode, Leslie has moved into her city council office. Remember how she had photos of powerful women who inspired her all around her Parks and Rec deputy director office? Well, now she's got even more such photos in her city council office, including her own framed professional headshot. So while she's giving Ben Wyatt a virtual tour of her office, he spots her portrait and he asks, is that a photo of you? And she responds, I'm big enough to admit that I am often inspired by myself. And I... Love this. Why not get inspired by ourselves? I mean, it's important to be mindful to balance our proud moments with humility, but it's also okay to be proud of ourselves and proud of our work and our accomplishments. And this is something that Leslie demonstrates over and over again. She's proud of her work, but she's also humble. She's quick to give credit to others for their part and help them achieve their goals. But then she can also look at her own accomplishments and admit that she's often inspired by herself. I, I will say making an impact is hard work. When we accomplish one thing, there's always the next thing that needs to be done. There are always more people to help. There's always more fundraising that needs to happen to help those people. There are always more people who need to learn about our cause. And in the midst of all of this, it's important to take a moment to stop and celebrate what we've achieved. It's important to look at how we've grown in our work, where we've improved, to be able to step back and look at something good we've accomplished and appreciate it. As long as it's balanced, we can totally let ourselves be inspired by ourselves. These little celebrations, man, they will help you stay motivated as you're making your impact. I know it really helps me. 
with mine. So now as we wrap up, here is your question of the end. What is the big thing that you did to make an impact, like an event, a project, a presentation, or something else that also brought with it post-event letdown after it was all over? And did you take any specific steps to overcome that post-event letdown? Leave your response to this question in the post for the episode, episode 17 on the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact. If you have thoughts or questions or something else you'd like to hear more about on this podcast, you can email me at hello at melissaike.com or leave a voice message by clicking the link in the show description. You can also follow me personally on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn by searching Melissa Ike, E-I-C-K. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I do appreciate you listening and being here. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast to get inspired and remember that the world needs you to make your impact.